You are now tuned into the Santi Show, my senior project. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Santi Show. Today I am here with two very special guests. You guys can say hi. Hi. Hey y'all. Hi. Hello. Hi. For those wondering, this is uh, Dr. Kalena Reed and Dr. Chandra Harris. Thank you very much. Two of my uh, favorite you. teachers that I've had. So we're just going to jump straight into it. How are you guys doing today on this fine, very nice day? Great. I was doing yard work before this, and then I lay down for a little bit of a nap. And I'm going to go continue to do yard work after this. You be doing yard work. Every time I talk to you, you're doing yard work. Wow. Because this well, is going to be where I vacation. This that is where I, mm-hmm. I hear you. I don't have a yard, but I did repot some plants on my porch. I'm more of an urban gardener, so I have like a lot of indoor plants and porch plants. I repotted a plant. I've been sitting outside on this beautiful day and reading my book. That's so awesome. Doing good. Mm-hmm. I went on a walk before this, which was very nice, just to nice the fresh air and everything. Okay. Again, I still don't believe it's 80 degrees outside. It's, oh yeah, it gets hot when you're when you're out under the sun planting yeah, stuff. Yeah. It gets hot. Oh yeah, I believe it's it. Warm. <laughs> so again, how are you guys doing during this period of quarantine right now, Chandra? You did mention that we are probably going to vacation here. So yeah, I um, truth be told, and I told my advisees this. I said, you know, everyone is handling this differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone has a different situation. So some people are actually thriving where some people are not so and the reason i told them that is to you know to be aware that when you're you know talking about how great everything is for you understand that other people are not having that situation and but personally for me um it's actually been good for several reasons um i'm getting more sleep and i know that's a that's a thing that people say it's true um i don't like teaching online that i'm not a fan of that um but i do like the fact that if something happens in the middle of my day or just being able to come home i mean go downstairs and you know just chat with my wife or whatever like i like that so being in my home environment has been healthy for me um and also just being able to come out in my backyard when i need a moment it's a beautiful day like this in between my classes has actually been great. I've noticed that I spend more, excuse me, I spend less money. So my balances have been going down because it's not like you're going to go and, oh, we're just going to go shopping and drop whatever money on something just because it's fun. Nope. So there's been more control over that. Um, And my wife and I get along amazingly. So our, our relationship, I think, is probably even better because we're the way we're going through this. So I can't say that it's been bad either psychologically or economically. Like, you know, we still have our jobs, which is good. Um, so personally for me, I'm actually thriving in this time. And if you notice, if you read anything about Generation Xers, which is my generation, we were actually made for this. You know, the latchkey kids who had to go play outside and then come home when the lights, you know, the street lights came on. We had to make our own fun and entertain ourselves. 
we're actually, we weren't over-programmed or over-scheduled uh, for activities. We just had to make things happen. And in this time, articles have said, we're thriving. I'm like, yeah, we are. No, I think that's really interesting. I, I'm doing fine. I will say it's day to day, but just kind of going off of what Chandra said, one thing that I have observed is, and this, this may be particularly true for people of color, I'm not sure, but I have noticed that for certain individuals, people of color uh, in particular, who are um, stable, you know what I mean? So not people, you know, people who, who have jobs and who are quarantined, staying at home, they, they are finding actually a lot of relief from this time. It's almost like, you know, we're out there hustling and, you know, code switching and putting on the mask and all of that. And this in a way is like kind of a release from all of that. We still get to do our work. Um, but the pace is slower. We have more time to nourish ourselves, more time like with our families, which is important. So while me personally, it's very up and down. Some days are good, some days are bad, but I have noticed like a theme, like a trend of what Chandra was talking about with certain people in particular, like she said, who know how to slow down, who appreciate, you know, the internal world, but also in particular, like people of color, like, you know, I've been out here in these streets and doing all this stuff and just to be able to take a moment and like take that time uh for ourselves is has been very nourishing for 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 many people i've noticed that that's great that's awesome i think for me personally um i don't associate my house with school so it's been kind of hard for me to um work and have be motivated i've been able to just enjoy this pause right now um, be thankful that, you know, I'm still able to have a roof over my head, be able to do things that I can still do virtually, I guess. I'm still able to play video games. I'm still, I'm still able to do things that make me escape, but I'm nervous to the point where I don't know when that escape is going to feel like an escape anymore and just like a chore because I'm not going to lie. Uh, I could not learn a lot in an environment, a virtual environment. I could not stare at a screen for such a long time. So it was hard for me to more or less just um, try to focus. And I think onto that, again, you guys are both teachers. How has that change and that shift like affected your teaching or your learning? And Well, um, I feel like I have less of a connection with my students. Um, I, you've probably seen me outside my room when kids come to my room i greet them i have them wait outside We're and then so i open happy. my door so sweet i love it yeah and so i get to look in their faces every day to see how everybody comes in my classroom so it's always buenos dias buenos dias or buenas tardes depending on which time of day that you know my class is and so i get to see them and smile at them kind of exchange a little and then i let them in the classroom and then we do what we need to do and i don't i don't get that personal connection now, I know that there are kids that still feel like I'm there for them, and I certainly hope they all feel that, but it's a little, it's, it's harder because of the distance. And, you know, I don't get to look at every individual kid in the face because you're looking in your camera. Um, but I just hope that they, they can still sense my support. It's, it's, it's been challenging. And then um, challenging trying to figure out how to teach 
something in what is essentially about 20 to 25 minutes because once everybody finally gets online and you know you've lost some time there so i think i'm starting to perfect the 20 minute lesson uh where you teach you do something for 20 minutes and then it's like okay now we shift we move on and i think that is something i'll be able to take back in my actual classroom when i go um because i've had to very much um sorry that's my dog I had to very much like uh, reduce things down to a manageable size, but it's it's been challenging. That personal thing, I feel like I've lost, and that's that saddens me. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I mean, Chandra is a master teacher, so um, you know her technique, her skill in the classroom is unmatched. I'm more of a um, spontaneous, um, you know, I, I'm not, I don't always, you know, I don't stand at the door and greet people like that. But one thing is true is that I definitely pick up on body language. A lot of my teaching um, is very responsive and very fluid. And I do tune in and adjust my teaching to the body language of my students and to what I perceive from them. So that is very, very challenging. And it's very sad and disconnected in a way. You know, I, I hate the disconnected feeling of distance learning um, where I can't see students' faces. And I understand why some students don't wanna have their faces shown, but it does hard, it makes it hard for me to feel like I can pick up on what they're getting. Like for example, I'll teach something and, I, and if I'm in a classroom, I will have a sense if the students have kind of gotten it by their body language. Santi, I remember your body language in particular because you always had a big smile, you know, you have good energy, you would sit in the front of the classroom and I could tell by looking your eye or by a certain tone whether you were getting it or not because you're very expressive. So some students are, you know, just always very quiet and then I have to really kind of ask them questions. In distance learning, almost all of that is gone. And so I literally have to say to my students on the screen, tell me right now if you understand this because I have no idea if you do. <laughs> so that part is really hard. Um, but I will say in other respects though, I'm getting things done that I wouldn't normally get done and I think I pay more attention to the written work and try to give more, I have more time to pay attention to their written work um, and to give feedback on that. So I'm trying to make up for what I can't do in other ways. Um, also being department chair, <clears throat> I have a lot more time to think about my department and to, to support the teachers there um, and things like that where just that busyness and craziness of the school day, I maybe some of those things I don't have as much time for. So I'm trying to focus on the positives about it, but it, it is a huge adjustment. I always said before, like it's basically like we started teaching at a new job in a new school in the middle of the school year without having a summer break is what it kind of felt like. And it was, it was mad stressful for sure. I think another thing that's important is for me, again, there's no emotional connection, especially being the senior, a senior year. It's the last year you make it count. My last class was the weirdest class ever because my teacher was just like, Hey, seniors last day, I'll give you guys a free ends the zoom call. That's the end of high school for me that that for me feels so weird i didn't really like that that much i mean i was happy and i was like yay i'm done with high school but 
there's a lot of things that I would miss from high school, like AZNY and SDLC. And how do you think conferences like that will be affected after this uh, period of time? Well, Kalena is the one that told me that, um, or Dr. Reed. Oh, we had a okay. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are on those terms. Um, you're the one that told me that um, that they're planning to do a virtual and I was like oh I was hoping that that decision hadn't been made and so we're not really sure well I didn't I didn't know I just I've been suspecting for a while that oh. that would probably happen yeah because Aisney was virtual uh this yeah. year Which, yes I mean it was it was it wasn't the same I think that's the no. best um, and what I liked about Aisney so much was I was able to see people like me and I had so much knowledge that I gained that I wanted to use it through to other people. But I mean, it's not, the uh, again, th this is something that was uncontrollable and that we didn't even see coming. So I can understand like my, I think people can understand my frustration and just like all that, just all of that. And I think being able to use those perspectives and have those perspectives were so, it was so important. It was something that really, impacted my high school career so thank you for picking me to go to SDLC because that was um it was such a great experience that I had what do you guys get out of like SDLC because I know the adults have a different version of the conference so how does how was that like it's a lot of fun I mean it is um like you connect with people well you know for me um there's certain women, uh, like I have a little, you know, it's a small, but it's a very close cohort of like black women, PhDs who are in jobs all over the country. And that's like a group, like, I mean, I'm lucky to have um, so many. I am very fortunate to be in a school where we do have um, a good number of black women, actually. Um, all of us highly skilled and highly educated. Um, so I'm not as I'm not as craving it, but it's always so good to go there and just to see, just to be in a room full of people of color who are, you know, intelligent and and creative and talented and energy. You know, so on that level, it's very similar to what you experience that like affinity space and that energy and that dynamic um and then also there are specific women that i just look forward to seeing every year um like family and um but i will say i think also i think maybe it is a time to rethink some components of it because i noticed in seattle it was almost so big and overwhelming i felt a little lost at times from just the huge seas of people. Like going to the affinity group, I mean, on the one hand, it was great that there were so many people, but it was like a huge packed room. And it also, I feel like it was harder to develop those intimacies and those like kind of pockets of closeness. I think it has gotten almost maybe a little too much in some way, but I mean, there, it's always a huge learning growth. Like I always come out of there like having learned so much you know, the speakers are always awesome. The workshops are always awesome. I mean, I do learn a tremendous amount, um, but it does take a lot of energy and it is actually work because you have to really push yourself to engage fully, you know, not to check out, um, to really like be present, like go to those tough workshops, to make connections, to be with people, to go to the speakers. So, you know, I always come back exhausted, but very full. 
I agree with all of that. Um, and something you mentioned, that family element. Uh, there's, there's a group of people that I attended um, a diversity leadership institute. It's a week-long um, it's a week-long program. This was in 2013, I think. And we became, you become in that week like a family. So every time I see them at POCC, it's like, it's like old home week. It's like, hey, and that's the time of year that I see them. I mean, I will drop them a, you know, a happy Thanksgiving. I hope I'll see you at POCC. And they're like, hey, yeah, I'm going this year. I'm looking forward to seeing you too. You know, uh, hit me up when you get there and we'll have lunch. And it's, it's just like seeing family, exactly like seeing family, um, which I love. And in fact, the year that I did the DLI, one of the women that I had uh, this really intense conversation about um, her niece, um, and I just gave her some advice and all that. She passed away at that, uh, right after that POCC. And I was like, oh no. And it was, it, it, it was, it's just like you create such a bond with people when you are right there to do that work. There's all of everything else just kind of moves away. Um, and it, it has gotten very large, but it's, it's also one of those places where it doesn't matter that you don't know the other people of color. There was a gentleman and I who bonded over our same hairstyle. I had my hair up kind of like this and in a knot. We looked at each other and went, hey, I mean, I never saw the guy before in my life. Uh, his name is Jua. Uh, and we were like, hey, I love your hair. I love yours too. And we just had this conversation. So oh, we should exchange information. So we became friends on Facebook. It's like that. It, it it fills your soul in such a way that nothing else does. And with people you don't know, but you are right there with them, right there with them in, in that moment. And you can get down the heart of issues like that. So it's, it's, it's a very special experience. And I've heard lots of great speakers, uh, people that I would never have heard or known about without going to this conference. And uh, I think, was it Dr. Joy last year? Blew my mind. I went out and bought her books. I mean, she's just blew my mind. She was really good. Oh, Did she was. Did you go to her master class too? No. Oh, <laughs> I wish I had. I, I wish I had. Yeah. That would have been a lit masterclass. <laughs> yeah. It was really good. She talked about her topic was um, kind of like the inherited trauma of slavery. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, for Black people. And, you know, she gave, uh, she basically, you know, was talking about how we still sort of have in us, like not only in our DNA, in our in our cells that trauma but we have inherited cultural mannerisms and relationship styles from that institution from that condition like the example a great example that she gave was she said that um you know there's two there's a mother and son you know like a white mother and white son and a black mother and a black son and 
both of them have like very successful, and I'll keep this short, but both of them have like very successful, equally successful kids. You ask the white mother, oh, how's your son doing? She's like, oh my gosh, he's so great. He's, you know, captain of the captain of the football team, you know, going to Harvard, straight A's. He's a wonderful, he's amazing, he's fantastic. You ask the black mother, how's your son? And she's like, oh, he's nothing. He's mess, you know, he's okay. Don't pay him any mind. You know, he could be doing better. Really downplaying, like how black mothers sometimes will like, just downplay the greatness or the potential of their kids. But she was talking about how that's something, uh, a mannerism that we inherited from slavery because our kids were sold from us right? So if they were seen as strong or beautiful or intelligent, they might be sold away from us. So we inherited this dynamic of sort of protecting our children by downplaying their greatness. But what psychological impact does that then have on them not to be openly praised and not to be like presented in public in that way? So it's just like fascinating. That, that right there just like blew my mind. My mind is blown right now. That's, that's, that's a lot to take in, but I completely wow. forgot about that until you mentioned that. I remember she said that, and that was powerful. That was powerful. I know. So you you handpick the students, and you see the growth that every student has. Because I'd assume that every student grows and becomes completely different to who they are from the beginning of the conference to the end. How is that, like, for you guys, like, witnessing that? How is that? Because I feel like I've grown so much. Um, yeah because of the conference and I feel like I'm a completely different person than I was like and it happened in what four days that's yeah, yeah. that's my favorite part of the conference you had a tremendous experience not everybody's experience looks like yours I mean you were ready see the reason why we go through that process the application process and Chandra and I and sometimes we have somebody else um in the decision making there are everybody can benefit from it but if you're sort of at a certain point in your identity development, in your maturity, it's you're right for that leap that you took, right? So we kind of look for that because while any, everybody can benefit from the conference, there are certain people that just are right, like perfect in their development. Um, it's why we don't take freshmen for example, because while they would get something, they wouldn't get like what you got, which yeah. is like tremendous growth. Like you were ready, you were like ready. Um, and it also takes somebody who's willing to be open. Now, I will say everyone is transformed internally who's in that place of maturity, but it's gonna look really different from everybody, From it's gonna always look really different and that's okay. You know, some people come back and they, they have a hard time talking about their experience or, they have to come back and they continue to mask or code switch and that's fine too. I mean, everything is fine because we know that for some people they go to that conference, they're gonna have immediate transformation and some people they go and maybe it's gonna take a couple years and all of a sudden they're able to do things that they wouldn't have been able to do before. Um, but your experience was, I would say one of the more transformative that I've seen in a while, because you were ready. I absolutely agree with that. Um, one of my favorite things um, more recently has become, uh, when we go to the conference, the first night, kids come back from that Thursday and they're like, oh, 
yeah, it was okay. And I'm like, okay, all right, yeah, you wait. You just wait. You, you haven't hit that moment where your family group and your, uh, your home group or the groups that, you know, really talk about some issues and people start to cry and they have to bear, the, you know, people feel like they want to bear their soul, you know, and that bonding happens. And then the next night, oh, how was it? Oh my God. It was like, yep, that's it. That's it. I love that about the conference. And that's something that I've just, a, a trend that I've noticed um, more recently in the kids, because I always prepare, you know, I make sure you guys have pizza when you get back, because I want to make sure that, you know, because you guys are hungry, because you guys are doing a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys are doing a lot of emotional work, a lot of intellectual work. But that is the, uh, one of my favorite things is to see that arc and also to talk to you guys on the, like that dinner that we have the last night or whenever, like when we're coming back um, uh, from the conference, like either at the airport or whatever, or sitting at the airport, just talking about, so your overall experience and what have you learned and things like that, that those are my favorite moments about the SDLC is just to see how you guys bond as the six of you who go. Um, and then also your arc of growth. It's, it's wonderful to just be a part of that and to know that, um, like at that, that moment is certainly not about me, but just the fact that, you know, we've, we've made the choices that we had to make, uh, and it, the combination of kids, they just got so much out of it. And it's, it's amazing to see. Well, I was happy I was a part of that. I mean, that was a crazy, uh, I think just the growth that I've had from, that trip and then using what I have now is um is awesome. How was it like hosting Aisney at MB? Oh, it was it was an honor actually just to because I know how much students appreciate. So Kalina, this was you were you were here for that, correct? I was here. I wasn't okay. the clerk with you at that time, so I didn't. I didn't plan it with you. I mean, I was involved just as upper school diversity committee person, but I wasn't okay. a co-clerk. So it was really you and Abby that that planned it. Okay, but you got to yeah, experience. But I was there. Yeah. Okay. It was awesome. It was. It was a little daunting, just because. I mean, you see when you go to the conference, the adults who stand up and they welcome and they and I was like oh boy who's gonna who's gonna do that and I was like oh I guess I am hello but it was it was really great to um have that experience and to give kids the experience that I know kids have gotten at other conferences I'm like this is this is really important we have to make sure we pull this off and it was the 25th anniversary so we just wanted oh. to make sure that it wasn't shabby um you know we had to represent and I think we did all of us very well in the workshops we offered in um, the celebratory uh, moments that we had in the affinity groups. One thing, that is one thing I did do at the ASNI here is I did facilitate um, one of the African-American um, affinity group spaces. And that was actually a tremendously powerful experience for me because I, you know, it was just like a full circle, you know, because I mean, I was a black student in an independent school. 
never had any of these. And then to be able to like facilitate a whole coat, you know, a whole group. I had so many kids from in private schools all over New England in one space. And just like, you know, getting that, getting them up in energy and, and love and um, empowerment feeling, it was like I could just soak it all up. You know, it was, it was really, really powerful for me. It was like healing for me or something. I don't know. Like it just really, um, it had a tremendous impact and it was beautiful. I mean, really that's the best way to say it. Like it was just, it was just beautiful to be, um, be able to, to offer that space and to see kids just light up with, uh, with it. So that was really cool. You know, fun fact, that was actually my first ASNE in high school. I couldn't go my freshman year because I had a band trip already scheduled and I like cried in front of Chandra because I was like, I want to go, I want to go, but I can't. And it was, uh, I mean, I was devastated, but I was happy that I was able to experience that ASNE and how wonderful it was. And then the next one, and then go to SDLC that um, the in 2018, which was, again, an experience that I that's molded my high school career and I think I just want to end this off with do you guys have a message to the class of 2020 wow um yeah uh, I know it, it's it's very it's very typical to say you know don't let this experience define you but really don't like take this take whatever resources inner resources that you have rally them and know that this will make you a stronger person. We are all missing out on things. I know that does not make anything that seniors are missing out any less. Um, people are missing their weddings. People have not been able to go to friends' funerals. So I mean, it's, it's, so that it's very uh, wide ranging, the effects. But just know that um, you will become just, I'm telling you, convince yourself because it is true you will be stronger because of this. That was beautiful. I mean, I think I will say, you know, let you, um, everyone should just take as much time as they need to let this experience and this sort of like trauma in a way sink in and heal. I mean, I think everybody's going to sort of wake up sometime at the end of July and just have a long cry you know and I think my message would be just let yourself take time to process everything because of what you just said Santi with like you know that insatisfactory last class you had of just leaving the meeting you know just leaving that zoom meeting but I will tell you, you know teachers we don't know how to handle we don't know how to handle it either because I had last classes with seniors and I didn't know what the heck to do. I was freaked out. I didn't know how to end it in that way. So I think all of us are just kind of trying to hold on and just like get through this and not break down. And I would just say, you know, let yourself over the summer just process and have that long cry for everything that you missed everything that you lost everything that was unsatisfying and then we will come out of this on the other side with a lot of growth and a lot of learning about the importance of um the small things that we maybe previously took for granted that's that's perfect well thank you guys so much and thank you guys for listening and 
We'll see you guys for another episode of the Santi Show. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye.